And as of the end of Shia last week, it was pointed out that we missed out a Tosis before we could finish off the Tosis that we intentionally missed out. But there's one Tosis we missed out by mistake, which is quite typical of me, which is Tosis de Maschel Kach. This refers back to the original, the beginning of the, the sugya, of this sugya that we're learning now, where the Gemara tells us, Keshem Shem Mitzvah, Lisrev HaKotchim Shenitmu Kach Mitzvah Lisrev HaTruma. That we learn from Srefes Kotchim, the obligation to burn Kotchim, which is, which is possible, that one is obligated to burn Truma, which became Tommy. The question is, how is that Limud learnt? What is this comparison between Kotchim to Truma? So Rashi, as we pointed out when we learn Rashi, Rashi says, which we were unclear. Rashi gives us two explanations in the comparison. The Damya Lekodesh, the Oid Mishum Takola. We are doing the Chafeim Dalav. Tosef the Maskel Kach, a Tosef which we missed out last week. So Rashi tells us the Damya Lekodesh because Truma has a comparison to Kodesh. <coughs> now we can see that the second half of Rashi is definitely a drabonon. Takola means that we shouldn't come to uh, inadvertently, mistakenly eat Shuma So therefore there's, we're obligated to burn it, not to come to a Takola. But the Damya Lekodesh, we weren't sure if that's a Deraiso, is that also a Damya Lekodesh? Therefore Chazal felt it was necessary to insist that one should burn it because it's Damya Lekodesh. But there's no real obligation to burn it. You can bury it, you can do what you like with it, as long as you don't eat it. So we were unclear in Rashi. Tosis spells out the question a little bit better. A little bit clearer, I shouldn't say better, a bit clearer. Kach atom mitzav matzova lisrei fesatrum. It says, Tosis perish bekunches, mishum deloi leisi bali de takola. So that one shouldn't come to inadvertently making a mistake. Clearly, Tosis is quoting the second half of Rashi. Now the reason why Tosis quotes the second half of Rashi is because Rashi earlier, in the Chaf Gimelom base says the same thing. That the reason why we burn truma to mer is only because of takola. So Rashi twice mentions the second reason, and he doesn't mention the Dhammi Lekodesh there, so therefore that seems to be the primary reason of Rashi. And therefore Tosis understands in Rashi that the reason why we have to burn Truma Tamer is not because there is a biblical obligation to burn Truma Tamer, purely as a convenience, purely as a protection. Meaning Chazal, in their wisdom, understood the mindset of man, the man's mind is fickle, and therefore often going to forget what's going on around him, so simply, so easily misses out Rashi's and Tosfus, uh, and therefore uh, one could inadvertently come to do something which is wrong with regards to Truma, Tamea. Lafitam zeh says Tosfus, according to this reason of Rashi, nira de lav dafkesrefa, elohu adin shabil, therefore the primary obligation is not so much to burn it, it's just to remove it. Make sure that it's removed so that the, it's not bali de takola. And Rashi seems to say that explicitly in Masechtas Psachim. Well, only here. However, says Tosis, I don't agree with that. The Besef Tamura, the last Mishnah in Masechtas Tamura, right at the end of Masechtas Tamura, Katani, there the Mishnah lists all the items that need to be burnt and all the items that do not need to be burnt, that can be buried. And amongst the items that need to be burnt, Katani, it learns Trumatameh Bahadan Israfin. Amongst the items which need to have an obligation to be burnt, the Mishnah mentions Truma Tamer, implying that Truma Tamer needs to be burnt. And it says clearly that that list of items that need to be burnt because they, the Torah obligates them to be burnt may not be buried. And how can Rashi therefore tell us 
that truma tamei is only a lachat chila needs to be burnt. But with the Ebed, even beer would be sufficient. That doesn't seem to match the last mission of Mesechtis Tamura. Alkein Nira, therefore says Tosis, it seems to me. The Shrefa Dafka. Shrefa is Dafkim Shum the Damya Lekadesh. So here he now quotes the first line of Rashi. Shum the Damya Lekadesh. We make a comparison between Truma and Hegdesh. And since we make a comparison between Truma and Hegdesh, we say just like Hegdesh needs to be burnt, so too Truma needs to be burnt. But only Midrabona. It doesn't change its, its standard, its, its level of obligation. That doesn't change. But its reasoning has changed. It's not just because of Takola, it's because of Dhamma Lekedish, which is the first half of Rashi by us. Then Taser comes along and says, no, maybe the, the Dhamma Lekedish is greater than the, than just being a Drabbanon. Inami Midaraisa. When we say it's Dhamma Lekedish, not because we make a comparison between Truman and Kedish, but because the Tayyar makes a comparison to Truman and Kedish. Made the Ikri Kedish, because the Tayyar calls Truman Kedish itself. And therefore, if Tayyar, the Tayyar calls Truman Kedish, and Kedish, when it becomes possible, needs to be burnt, so that would imply that the Tayyar is instructing us that when Truman becomes Tommy, it also needs to be burnt. And therefore, we are biblically commanded to Burn Truma Tamez. We have here very clearly the, the, the discussion that we had in Rashi spelt out beautifully in Taisus. We're in Taima. So Taisus then goes and asks, Domino Psaphe come to Psachin Gabitruma Tamea Shetase Ziluf, Atnamba Tmura, Rayla Kavura Kavura, Pirish Kigay Mashkin, the Gemara that tells us something which can't be burnt and is Rayla Kavura that needs to be buried. So why do we say when it comes to Truma Tamea Shetase Ziluf? It should say, It doesn't, this halacha that, is only referring to those items that are forbidden for man to benefit from them, like Arlo and Klea Kerem, which is forbidden to have any hanor. Then, if you can't burn it, then you have to bury it. Minimum, you have to bury it. But Truma Tamea, where you're allowed to, you, you, you have a permission to benefit from it. As the Pasuk, the Gemara tells us the three reasons why you're allowed to benefit from it, three different Pasukim, then you don't have to bury it. You can be Mazalif and you can benefit from it uh, as long as it's destroyed and therefore it's not going to be Bonadeta Kola or you're uh, fulfilling your obligation of Damiel Kadesh, either biblically or rabbinically, that is permitted. And the rule must be referring to the other items, not to Truma Tamir. Zilov means to, I think, needs to pour it over the floor so it should smell. Baruch Atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech Olam Shachar Nebenvor. We have um, nowadays we have these um, liquid. What do you call them? No, sand, you know, scents. So you, you know, for bathrooms and to, diffusers. Uh, diffusers. That's right, the diffusers. So it's a type of, in those days they didn't have the diffusing, so they just threw it on the floor and it, uh, and it kept the room smelling nicely. If that's a type of smell that you like. I'm not sure that that's a uh, given. Chorus! Back to Taste's Chorus. What is Chorus? Rashi says, we came across a Rashi, didn't we? What did Rashi say when it comes to Chorus? Where's Rashi? Can you find it? Chorus. Rashi says, not Misa Shemaim. He says, Misa Shemaim Yom of Niksarim. So he'll have a, a, he'll be struck down by Shemaim early. 
That's Misa B'deshamayim. Kares is Misa with Hoylechariri. That's clean Rashi, right? Misa B'deshamayim is Yomam Miksarim Ablein Hoylechariri. Kares is also Yomam Miksarim. So according to Rashi, the difference between Kresus and Kares would seem to be... Sorry, the difference between Misa B'deshamayim and Kares would seem to be whether Yehoylechariri... Which means to say, do you, does one's children die young or do they not die young? That seems to be the difference. And that's going to be a discussion in Tasis here. What is the definition of Koris? Koris, and this is a, a Tasis which comes up a number of times. Koris. She'enoi magia l'shishim shono shuhu misas kol odom. Sixty is the age of death for the average man. And therefore, once a person reaches sixty, he's reached the, the level of, of Past the, the the risk stage of chorus once he reaches sixty. So there's a uh, so someone who's over sixty and doesn't not there, which is not get the chorus. Well, he won't get the chorus of sixty, correct? So what, what we'll see, maybe get <laughs> or, or just there's harbor drachma the mokum. Kedemashmar b'shilimoyt cotton misas kol adam seventy is old already. Unbelievable that in today's world where, where you look through historically, most people didn't live more than 60, 70. Today we live, Baruch Hashem, in a world of long age. And long way, long, long way that lasts. May people live to 120. When he was 60, he made a made a party. He didn't make a party every birthday. That's a new phenomenon. Which comes from Parry, probably. But he made a party when he reached 60. Doesn't come from Parry? It doesn't say he made a party. And what does he say? It's important to make a birthday party. Why? Shrach to the Benishlam. So why did he only make, but not Yemetabra Abonon then? Just a small birthday party. A small birthday party. Okay. I both say you can make a small birthday party, but when you're 60, you have to invite me, Metzashem. Amma, he said, Hashta Nafkilimi Chorus. Now I've reached, I've come to the end of Chorus. There used to be a gentleman who's not alive anymore. Uh, you must know him, uh, James, uh, Mr. Freddie Rubin, Zechon Lebrochem. So he sat next to me in Kodal. He used to come in every afternoon. He used to do a day's work and he used to come in at four o'clock every afternoon to sit and learn the rest of the day. In Kodal. When he turned 60, he came in uh, and he made a, a little, little, little yomtev. When he turned 70, he made even a bigger yomtev. So I said to him, why 70? He said, well, now you have to stand up for me. Amalei Abaya. Amalei Abaya. So Abaya said to him, Nehid enofik mami koris, the shani. Yes, 60 is a time to celebrate because you've reached the stage where you've moved beyond koris of years. But chorus of days, you have not you have not you have not left behind yet. Pirish, chorus is dying before sixty or dying on a specific day. Domin Hassan, you have a bashit in Shnin, 
No, I got there one more. Pesht Amar Hasam Meis Biyim Echad Misa Shalzam. That's a Misa of Anger. I assume they're Benishlem. What Shnayim? Misa Shal Bahala. Shloisha Misa Shal Kores. You have to look at the Gemara because I didn't look it up. I didn't get home till twelve o'clock last night, so I didn't get a chance to look it up. Sorry. Uh, can I just make a comment before you continue? Don't use these as a, a way of judging people. Unfortunately, <laughs> there's many, many reasons why and what and when a person dies, and it's not for us to to start uh, trying to to. That's you leave that for for people who like to make a noise about themselves. But the average man has to understand that very show has ways and means, and there's a reason for everything. And we're not at the stage where we can begin even to try and fathom the ways of the Rebbein We just have to trust that the Rebbein has ways. Well, if you were one of the Amorim, then you can give it Tarots. Well, nowadays, if a person lives long, it's a matnas from the Rebbein Why? I have no idea. Even according to the Mandama who says that there is death without sin, even if it's one sin, this is sin which carries a punishment of his days will be shortened. His days will be shortened. The, the whole concept of shortening one's days is a fascinating idea. Because Hakashbaka creates a person with a set amount of days, and then, then he says, right, so what happens to those days? One can lose, I think, no? Yeah, uh, clearly. But it, it's just a fascinating concept. It's a fascinating concept. It's a little bit uh, uh, relevant to the discussion of whether a person can kill Another person, that's the discussion which Rechaim uh, HaKadosh has, Rambam, in the beginning of Bereshis, can how can Reuben kill Shimon, if Shimon's got a set amount of days? So, uh, again, that's, uh, these are things which are beyond us. And I think we should rather think about life than... Uh, when I say think about life, means think about utilizing life. But there's a Chazrashi which says that when Cain killed Hevel, Rashi says, Dam, Zaracha, Zera Zaracha, Saikin Alai Minha Doma. Now, according to your explanation, Yavshimon, doesn't make sense. So it's a very nice way of saying it, but it doesn't fit with Chazal. So clearly he was killed and he died prematurely. I agree. That's exactly what I said, Yishim. You know what? We're on the same page today, Yishim. Baruch Hashem. Umi, who ever says Taisus, but Yishalmi, come at the chorus in the Magil, Chamishim. So this way, you have to make a party when you reach 50, and you have to make a party when you reach 60. And don't forget, you have to invite me both times. Umapikla, me'al tachrisu es shevet ha-kohosi. Do not cut down the shevet of kohos. V'zois asu lehem v'choyu. Pirish. Make for them boundaries. They shouldn't die due to their avoider. Their avoider was very, very perilous. They were in a type of avoider that could have uh, easily, they could cross this small boundary which caused them to, to die young. But they only worked till 50. 
And they only work till they were 50. Yuchsib al-Takhrisu. And yet the word karis is used to describe the death that they would they would uh, have if chas v'shalom they crossed the boundary of Avoido. Mash makoris ha'nisham eskeid nuchamishim. That's the Yishalmi Zerayo. Misa ha'mura b'tayi dekam asam ha'nisham eskeid nuchamishim. And Misa v'deshamayim is dying before 60. Tehseb ba'midbar zeh yitamu v'shom yomusu. It says in this midbar yitamu v'shom yomusu. That's talking about the post-meraglim. Now the gezerah of post-meraglim that they will die in the midbar v'lo nigzera gezerah elo albanei esrim. The Gezerah was only on those who were 20 year olds, Shiamusu Kaidim Abarim, that will die, well, what's Kaidim Abarim means before they reach another 40 years. Doesn't mean until they reach 40, because then that wouldn't be much of a, a raya. I assume the letter Dalad, yeah. So I'm saying Kaidim Shishim. That's how you'd understand Tesis. Vikari la Misa, and that's called Misa. So Tesis at the moment is describing the difference between Misa B'deshamayim and Koris as one small difference, well not so small, and that is the, the age of death. The age of death. According to the first part of Tesis, the age of death is 60 or, or, or something else, or just Nikatsu Yomov. And the Yushalmi says the age of death is 50, and Misa B'deshamayim is 60, before 60. But Ariri doesn't come into the picture so far. Comes along Tesis now, it says, Abel Zarai, Oime Riva, says Riva, the aim chorus. There's no chorus on the children. Hoyle Hariri is not part of the punishment of chorus. The aim chorus, Ela Bahamu Dirsibu Hariri, only the ones where the Torah explicitly spells out that he will be Hoyle Hariri. They nearly obey the time. However, says Rebbein Tam, that's not true. Every chorus carries with it an additional punishment of Ariri. The Gemara tells us in a Bali Vimtai, the Kama Ariri, the Kasrachmanagabad Dosilomili. Why does the Torah have to say the word Ariri with the erva of the Dosoi, of his uncle, or his aunt? Lomili, Kedirava, to tell us the Kedirava. The Ain Zarin Nichras, and if you're going to tell me that the chorus doesn't carry with it a extra a dimension of punishment called Ariri, then then of course the Torah has to write a Riri. He has to write it every single case. Because if you don't write it in every single case, I'll never know that this case carries a punishment of Ariri. If you tell me every Kharis carries Ariri, and I know that Doidosa has a punishment of Kharis, and I know it's Ariri as well, then I don't need the Torah to write Ariri, and then I can ask why does the Torah write it, and they'll tell me a Limud that I wouldn't have known without it. But if I don't know Ariri, unless the Torah explicitly spells it out at each specific case, because Kharis does not mean Ariri unless it's spelt out, then I need Ariri written by Deidosi to tell me it's that itself, that there's a punishment of Ariri. Elamai says Rabbeinu Tam, every Kharis has Ariri. Every Kharis. And that's one of the differences between Kharis and Misa B'day Shemaim. V'adalei Kama v'moyit katan, nida nafak ma mi Kharis t'shani, mi Kharis t'bni mi nafak ma So why didn't when, when he complained about Rabbi Yasef making the party, who was it? Yosef, he made a party when he reached 60. She said to him, why are you making a party? Because there's still an element of chorus which is applicable to you. Why didn't you tell him the element of chorus of Ariri? Why did he just say the chorus of Yemi? To which he answers, Ariri means bonim ketanim. Once the child reached adulthood, then he's not responsible anymore for, he's not part of his father's sin. That's a chiddush. Once they reach adulthood, then they can't be punished for the sins of the father. 
So since Rabbi Yosef never had any children, any young children anymore, he'd reached 60. He never had any young children anymore. So he, the only chorus that could affect him is the chorus the Yomi, not chorus the Shani, or not chorus the Bini. Miu Kasha. So really, what one should do is when everyone, when one's youngest child reaches adulthood, you have to make another party. Yeah, boy, if it's a girl, then you have to make a bas mitzvah. Not for the sake of the bas mitzvah, but for the sake of... Oh, oh, it says Ketanim here. What does he say about 20? He says 20 and 60 before the, the punishment of cars for 20. Omi Yukasha! Rabbi said we're making lots of parties today. Omi Yukasha, you think just when you make a seam every few weeks? No, there's, there's other reasons. Sorry? I don't know. I think the father should make a party. When the child reaches adulthood and there's no chashash anymore of, of, of uh, the actions of a father affecting the child, that's a big simcha. That's a big simcha. Because it works both ways. <laughs> we are responsible for our children. Umihu. So we see that is part of chorus because only only from a father, which is comparable to nida, is included in the punishment of chorus. But Ashes Achman aim not. But because Shas Mashman the Eshba chorus, come Bisharos. But yet in the rest of Shas, we don't differentiate between Ashes Achman Av or Ashes Achman Aim at all. The Hamani lo gabe chamesh esrei nashim poitzes are saying in the first mission of Masechet Shavamis. It's mentioned as the one of the fifteen arroyos, and we assume that if it's one of the fifteen arroyos, it's included in the chorus of all arroyos. So how can the Gemara there differentiate? Well, the Pirish Riva, however, says Tosis according to the Riva that there's two types of chorus. Is a chorus of chorus and the chorus of Ariri, Asi Shapi, the Masina Lamema, the Mamad Lemariri, the Ain Laharik. However, according to Rabbi it says every chorus carries Ariri. So if the Gemara there's Mamad from chorus, it's Mamad from chorus and Ariri, it's all one thing. It's one Pasha of chorus, then we have a little problem in understanding the Gemara in, later, the Gemara later in Daflamid base, Ahmed base. Sorry, the Torah Skynim in Torah Skynim. In Kedoshim. Fascinating thesis, as is every thesis, but it's fascinating. Chorus. What's chorus? We have no idea. No idea. The the Mishnah tells us in the beginning of creases, there's 36 creases, right? 36 creases. And uh, the Alexander Rebbe used to say, the old Alexander Yismach Yisrael used to say, 36 creases means that a person is connected to the Ben Shalom in 36 ways, and the, otherwise how can be cut down 36 times. And each creases only detaches one of those... So if a person hasn't transgressed all 36 creases, he can climb back up again through the other connections which he hasn't yet severed. So there's still hope for everybody. Uh, it's very difficult to 36 creases because it's, uh, some of them don't apply. Some do with Chikotchim, Pesach Pesach. So, it's an interesting way to finish up Tesis. It's an unusual, unusual terminology to use in Tesis. But if Tesis instructs us, I think we have to follow. 
and we will listen to Tesis. Sorry? What is he conveying by us? I'm not sure. It's not a subject I want to spend too long on. We are still trying to discuss where we learn the permission to benefit from Truma Tamer. And the final mandama in the Gemara, just before the two dots, is Rav Nachman by Yitzchak Amar Amakra Titein Loi Loi Veloi Loiroi Mikal Debas Oirehu. You should give it to him to consume, but not to burn, implying that there is a time when it can be used for burning for light, and that must be there for Truma Tahira is has to be consumed, but Truma Tamer can be used for its light. Rashi tells us, Rashi's the Gonchah. Oh, look at the Rashi. We missed that. This is the Rashi I was looking for. Koris Adifa. Look at that Rashi. Koris Adifa. The Esbe Trechumri Yom of Nechrosim Vaylechari. Rashi, we're up to Chavheim Abbas. I'm sorry if you've uh, not turned the page. Chavheim Abbas. Four lines, two lines down is Rav Nachman Amma. Nachman Yisrael Amma Amma Kratitin Leibuloi Miklado Bas Oyehu. And as I was looking at Rashi, I noticed the Rashi that I was looking for before that I missed. Koris Adifa. The Esbe Trechumri Yom of Nechrosim Vaylechari. Very clearly, Rashi learns like Rabbein Tam. Not like the Rivo, because otherwise you can't say Trey Chumri. Sure, lighting is you're, you're fulfilling your obligation of burning it. Zilf is when you can't burn it, whatever the case is. There. It's well, it's not eating it. You're not because you're chasuvshon. You're not eat. Oh, I'm not sure about that. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, you're getting very, very esoterical now, Reb Shimon. Not for not for Sunday mornings. After Lachaim, definitely not. Here we learn halacha that you're not allowed to take Shomer from Tomei onto Tohu. Because you have to give him toy, you have to give him something which is edible. You can't give him something which is not edible. Veloy loss is lawyer, but don't give him something that can only be used for fire. Lahasik, to burn. And burning here doesn't only mean purely for light, it can mean even for heat, which would be a physical benefit according to, to Europe Shimon. <coughs> Since we need a meal, it comes to, it clearly tells us that Trumetameya is a basayri, can be used to benefit for its light, or for its burning, or for its heat. Even though it's truma tamei, which needs to be burnt, but it's a gzeis hakosiv, you're allowed to benefit from it very clearly. But tamei can. He says, Where does it say in the pasuk? Say, give it to him, and not something which is not fit for him at all. It says titan loy. Give him something. So where do we see from here? Maybe loy. Uh, give, give him something useful and not something which is completely not useful. That has no use at all. Meaning, Truma has no use. Can't burn it. Can't benefit. Give him Truma which has a use. Where do we see in the words, Because if that's what the Torah meant, it should have just said, give him. We know to give, the concept of giving, you have to give an entity. If you don't give something which is considered of a minimum value of a pruta, that's not called giving. It's not called giving. You've given nothing. And therefore it's not be called giving. And something that has no use, no purpose, 
has no value. If it has no value, then it's not called giving. So why does the Torah have to write Titein Loi? Titein itself would have told me that I must give him something of value, not something which has no value. Therefore, once it says loy, it teaches me to give him something toy, where he can have complete use of it. Ability to eat, to consume, and not something that he has only a smaller use, only loy. Fantastic. Now we start the Gemara that we've already discussed here on the winter holidays in the learning program of the winter holidays. We went through this thesis. We're going to go through the Gemara now with Tesis again. So those of you who remember the Tesis will enjoy it the second time. Those who don't remember it will enjoy it the first time. My timer. Rabbi Shmuel Oimer. So the Mishnah tells us Rabbi Shmuel Oimer. Rabbi Shmuel says, Ein madlikin be'itron mipnei kveit Shabbos. We have itron and we have neft. What's itron? It's who? Oh, Pesulta de Zifta. Sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Pesulta de Zifta. Pesulta de Zifta. The, the, the residue of Zephyrs. And what's Zephyrs? Natural pitch, yeah? Natural tar. Not, uh, not the stuff that they make the roads out of. But the natural stuff. And you can't... And they're, they're both oil-like substances. And therefore could technically be used as a fuel for your candle. And the Bishmol says you mustn't use it. You mustn't use it. And the Gemara doesn't understand why you mustn't use it, because if you ever light a, a, a wick with net with a itron, you'll see that it burns beautifully. I have no idea, but that's the assumption that we have from the Gemara. You really are. My timer says the Gemara. What's the reason Rabbi Shmuel says you mustn't use itron? Because it's got a bad smell. So the Gezerah Chazal said, do not use it because we're worried that he will leave the room and go out. To which the Gemara asks, So let him go out. Who cares? He's fulfilled his mitzvah of lighting candles. The fact that he doesn't like the smell, so he'll go out. So he'll go out. Why is it strange? Because the whole reason for lighting candles is, is uh, shalom bias. No. You should be able to see. So if you light the candles and it forces you to leave, then it's, it's not that you're going to create shalom bias, is it? You're running out, you're going into a dark room. As a or, you, or you go to bed, yeah. Or you go to bed. Says the Gemara, says Rashi, Vayetse, my Ichbeslam, why do we care if he goes out? He's fulfilled his obligation. On my lace, Rabbi said back to him, Shani Aimer, because I say, had locus ne'er b'shabbos chayva. Chayva is a requirement. Chayva is an obligation. Says Rashi, what do we mean by using the terminology chayva? Kaved Shabbos Hu. It's an honor of a Shabbos. Shein Suda Chashuva El B'Makim Oy Ken Yomama B'Peyik Basher the Yuma. Suda Chashuva is only with light, like the day, like daylight. Peyik Basher the Yuma, like the Gemara tells us in the end of Masechtas Yuma, and therefore it's a Chayva. What's a Chayva? What do we mean by Chayva? 
As opposed to mitzvah, yeah. So why do we say it's a mitzvah? So it means to say like this, there's no particular mitzvah of lighting candles. We're forced to light candles so that we can fulfill our mitzvah of Suda Shabbos in its most perfect form. So again, say that in English. If, you could, if somehow you could have light without lighting a light, then that would be fine. Uh, are you suggesting? I'm not quite sure what you're trying to suggest. Uh, okay, so so you mean you if live, a, fi- a fire a fire uh, fly would come in? If you live, say, close to the Arctic Circle so yes. in the summer, yes, it's it's, it's going to be uh, it's one o'clock in the morning before the before the sun sets, and but you can bring Shabbos in early in the morning. But you still have we we bring Shabbos in early in the summer, and we still like candles. So that's my question. So, so oh. if you say that, uh, that I was trying to bring a more extreme location, where yes. you're going to have colder, colder even location. more. Well, okay. You're going to have even more time from when you can bring Shabbos in and eat before it gets dark. But maybe putting the lights on is itself the uh, hadlokas yeah. now. Oh, you're getting so complicated now, Shimon. No, he doesn't say that it's... Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk all about that, Mitchum. Yeah, he doesn't say it's specifically Shabbos. So my, my, my question is that uh, if, you, if you don't need light for some reason, then you don't need, according to there's no obligation to light candles to light anything. It's a chayva for covered Shabbos. Yeah, but, but what, but I can't, I'm not answering you, Barry. I'm just telling you what the Gemara says. It's a chayva for covered Shabbos. A chayva for covered Shabbos means that... There's no obligation to light candles in the context of lighting. There's no mitzvah to light candles just for the sake of lighting candles. Uh-huh. The reason why we light candles is because we're forced to. So that our suda should be... Now, you're telling me that you bring Shabbos in, in the Arctic Circle. Shabbos is going to be brought in very early. The Torah was not written for the Arctic Circle. <laughs> now, I, yeah, I'm not joking. Uh, we have a gone who says that, don't we? <laughs> don't we have the gone of Shimon on Tuesday evening? We learned a gone many years ago. Many moons ago, when we discussed, uh, you know, I don't think Shimon was there that Tuesday. You were there that Tuesday, of Shimon. We went through the whole Gaon on Zmanim. One of the Gaon's questions on Rabbeinu Tam Zman was, if you go further north, then you go too far north, then Rabbeinu Tam doesn't make sense. It comes out there's no no night. And the question was, well, if you take the Gaon Zman, you go a bit further north, you're also not going to get any night. And we said it's very clear from the Gaon, the Torah was written for Moshav. The place where people live, not for places where people do not live. The fact that there's a few Meshagoyim in the Arctic Circle does me as well. But our, for our, our summer is a little bit more of a question. We are Mekayim Mitzvah. And if, if according to Rashi, it's only because of in Suda Chashuva, which is a Chiddush in Rashi, because the Gemara is not going to tell us because of it. The Gemara doesn't say Suda Chashuva. The Gemara says Shalom Bayis, as we're going to see later. So why is Shalom Bayis just a Suda Chashuva? He should have said, because Shabbos, Oynik Shabbos is not to have not to trip over things that you can't see, and only Shabbos is not to throw things at your wife, and only Shabbos is etc., etc., and therefore it's a chayva to light candles. But Rashi is only Suda. It's a, a difficult Rashi. Uh, suda, it's so important. Uh, man has to see his food. <laughs> yes. Where do we learn that from? Uh, what do you mean you don't know, Shimon? You're Tom Chochen. And Barbara's uh, eats early because, uh, because he can't uh, afford to Correct. But there's a Mephosh Chazal. From the Aimer, from the mom. Learn it from the mom. 
Why they call it lechel akloikel? So the manager says, because they couldn't see what they were eating. The mum was amazing food. You know it was amazing food? It's like modern technology. You press a button and it t- turns into, into a cream bun. You press another button and it turns into, into a, a hot dog. Not sushi. Not for sure not. It never turned into sushi, I'll tell you. But yet it was called lechel akloikel. It was the most, the most unbelievable food. It was mon, min. This is the source of all food. And the manager says, because they couldn't see what they were eating. They couldn't see the hot dog. And therefore it lost its time. Mikan, says Chazal. Shemadlikin neiris b'leil Shabbos. Chazal, the Medrash. I was thinking so high. We learned that a blind man... In who? A blind man, yeah. ...has the, the, the satisfaction that he's always thinking he needs more. Correct. Correct. But it's a difficult Rashi in the context of Chavos neir Shabbos is only because of the Suda. Fine. Carries on the Gemara. The washing your hands and legs before Shabbos, Rishus. And I say it's a mitzvah. My mitzvah, what's a mitzvah? The Amr of Yehuda Amarav says of Yehuda Amarav, min hogoy shalab Yehuda ba'iloi. This used to be the custom of Rabbi Yehuda by Eloi. Erev Shabbos. Erev Shabbos. They would bring him a bowl full of hot water. And he would wash. Ponov. Yodov. Viraglov. His face, his hands, and his feet. He would then wrap himself in his cloak. And he would sit with his sadin, with his... Uh, well, uh, his, uh, his cloak. His cloak, yeah, his cloak. Which had... Flaxens, uh, pishton, made out of the pishton, which had sitzes on it. But And he appeared, his appearance was that of a malach Hashem Savakis. Phenomenal. And his Talmidim would hide from him. The corners of their clothing. And when he would notice them, he would say to them, My children, he calls his Talmidim my children. Because haven't I taught you this? Sadin b'sitzit b'shamay poitin b'sitzil mechayv in malachik gevayz hilul. So why aren't you wearing sitzis on your sadin? And they were hiding because they weren't wearing sitzis because they held that you shouldn't be wearing sitzis on sadin because of klaim. And he said, "Be pasking like b'shamay, not like b'sitzil, not like b'shamay." In whose sovereign and they held gozri mishum kusus laylo. That there's a gzeir here, be it that it's obligated to have sitzis on, but midrabonin you're not allowed to put sitzis on because of kusus laylo because we're worried that you'll end up wearing a night gown which has four corners and you'll put cities on it because you don't realize that nightgown is potter and you'll be over love of climb so Chazal in their wisdom forbade you from putting cities on Sardinin on Pishton to prevent you from transgressing a Malacha a Issa de Reisa. and if you say to me how can they stop you doing a Mitzvah so the Gemara Nebam has asked a question as Rashi tells us the Gemara Nebam has asked a question the Gemara says Shev Tasa Shani so they, so they were also wearing linen begotten. They were wearing linen begotten. Everybody wore linen begotten. White yeah. linen they used white to wear. Yes. Yeah. Now, the only people who have white linen are Meshagoyim. <laughs> you find a few. Go to Shlom. You'll see a handful yeah. of them. But usually they're slightly deranged. <laughs> because one's not allowed to change from the... Uh, but the uh, my Zayda never wore black in Shabbos. My Zayda wouldn't wear black in Shabbos. As in a black suit? Black suit, black hat. 
He will agree. Because black is a proper halacha. My zayin is a big time chacham. He wore gray hat on Shabbos. Wouldn't wear black. Because yeah, because of the halacha, the Yavid says you mustn't wear black on Shabbos. And he didn't want to walk around like a mashugna wearing white, so he wore gray. He wasn't a man who was into his clothes at all. But Shabbos, he wore gray. I saw pictures before the war. They all wore gray. They all wore gray. Yes. Black is a modern. What's the problem with black? Afikabali, uh, you don't wear black on, on, on Shabbos. It's not just Afikabali, that's not just Shabbos, that's because it's because it's a sign of mourning. That's because it's a sign of mourning, it says you shouldn't wear black, right? But but Shabbos, the Yavis says you must wear black on Shabbos. Svadim are very big, it's not wearing black, right? They are. Some. No, Afikabali, I don't remember what the reason is. But I remember Zayda telling me, I once asked him, Zayda, why do you walk around with a grey or on Shagan Shabbos? Grey is like bland, you know, it's got no time to it. He said, well, I wish they had That was the end of the conversation. This was a conversation that was repeated by him himself. Now, this Gemara is very interesting. Well, it must have happened once. This Gemara is very interesting because this is the whole source of the Chiv to, to bathe before Shabbos. This is the Makar that one has to bathe before Shabbos. Bathing before Shabbos is a mitzvah. Now, it's a mitzvah, not because of any obligation, meaning it's not a chayva. Which means to say that it's not because you're worried that your wife won't want to sit at the same table as you because you haven't had a bath on Friday. That would be a chayva. A mitzvah means that you just have a mitzvah purely for the sake of washing. Washing is a mitzvah, covered Shabbos itself. And it should be done close to Shabbos, it seems. Erev Shabbos. Doesn't say when. Erev Shabbos. It says Arabic. Erev Shabbos. Says, let's see Rashi. Let's see Rashi. Let's learn Rashi. Chisdam Gabbis, Leil Shabbos. Arabis, Leil Shabbos means for Leil Shabbos. It doesn't mean for, on, you can't wash on Friday on Shabbos. No, but, but the question is, if you have a, you wash Friday morning, is that, is that good enough? Medina. That would be good enough. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, all this business of going to Mikvah only after Chatzais is all very nice, but it's not, there's no room. Okay, it's a Chayodom. It says Chatzilishka after Chatzais, but it's not, uh, there's no uh, real McCoy for it. Arvis Leil Shabbos means Arab Shabbos. I assume so, yes. Mm-hmm. 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 He's explaining what Arvis means. Rechisa Raglaim for the night of Shabbos. Which Arvis? You don't have to wash your hands every every evening. You're not mechuyi to have a bath every night. Uh, in fact, they never used to have a bath every night. They didn't have a bath except once a week if you're lucky. And even then, they just wash their hands face and feet. Face and feet. The Gemara says, Rechisa Raglaim Arvis, before Abhuda Bailoi. In, in the statement. The Sadinin Hamatsuyatsin, Sadinin shall pishton linen cloaks, or behind sitzes shall trailers, and they had woolen sitzes with wool, climb, which was climb. Elishamutta minatoya, but it's permitted minatoya, even though it's climb, the Doshinus Smuchin, because we dash in the juxtaposition of the Psukim, the silver shatnes, Gedilim Tasalacho, the silver shatnes and Gedilim Tasalacho is the next Pasuk. So we see the fact, the fact that Torah puts positions of two Psukim adjacent to each other, that we learn from there that one is allowed to wear Klaim besitzes. But yet the Talmudim and Mechabim men come for exusion. Shoyelam Sadin and Shainim Tziyasin. To which Rabbi Yehuda by Eloi turned around and said, "Beishamai Poitrin, Ravagav the sitzes chayvahu bechol talisa sheish leila adam." Even though there's an obligation to wear sitzes in every four corner garment, I feel a menachim bekufsa. Rashi's got a problem. What does the word Poitrin mean? He should have Beishamai Oisrin. What's Poitrin? What's Poitrin? Poitrin means you're absolved. What do you mean you're absolved? Then don't wear the garment. 
So therefore, says Rashi, no. Poetry comes to tell us that Bishamah must hold that the obligation to put sitzis on is not just when you're wearing it. It's not chayvus gavur. It's even chayvus beged. Even if it's in the cupboard, you go to to chaims, you buy yourself a new beged, and you haven't got time to put the sitzis on. According to that mandama, you're transgressing every moment that you have the beged in your possession without sitzis. You're transgressing the, the assay of putting sitzis on. That's Bishamah. We don't pass like that. Honey, the pishton, however, these which are made out of flax, paturim, which from the klayim, le shor rachmonad le doshi smuchin. Because the Torah did not allow you to wear klayim even by sitzis. By silum mechayvin, the doshi smuchin, but she'll say yechayv, because they dashin smuchin. Venus avri, tell me, dov, so why when they wearing kill sitzis, shahoyu oisrin, they forbade themselves from wearing sitzis. Savo, nihid halach be silum mechayvin, midor. I said, true, that the halach is like be silum, and one is chayv minatayr. Chazal banned them from wearing sitzes on Sardinian of Pishtan because they were worried that you might wear a Ksus Laila. Maybe you wear a beggar which is set aside for night use. Now there's a machlek is what Ksus Laila means. Does a Ksus Laila mean a beggar that you wear at night? Or does it mean a beggar which is specific for night for nightwear? Rashi's learning clearly. It's my colleague's Rambam Rosh. Rashi's learning clearly. Ksus Laila means Ksus Shemi Yuchad Lelailis. The Yatl Basitis, then you wear sitzes and you put sitzes on it. But Nimsa Levish Kalayim, Shlevi Makimitz, according to the Rishayim, we say that Ksus Laila means even during the day, your potter. That's good. Because maybe he'll wear this Ksus, like Rashi says, he'll wear his pajamas during the day. There's many people walking around with pajamas all day long. And really, it's a beggar of Yuchla Laila. And he's part of and says, but he'll think I'm wearing it during the day, I'm a chayyav to put sitzes on, who put sitzes on, and the transgressor love of Kalaim. The Nimsa Levish Kalaim Shleib Makimitsu, the Ksus Laila Leim Chayav Sitzes, the Ksibarisa Maisai. But Yvonne Spachina on Nefa Chazal said, do not put sitzes on, wear them without sitzes. And the Yvonne Yvonne asks, the Chibestin, Masnin, Lakoi, Dova Minateya, can Bestin make a condition to uproot a Mitzvah Minateya? Lift us a chayev to absolve somebody who is obligated. And the Mashani in the Gemara says, "Yes, Sheb va'altai seshani." Chazal have the ability to uproot a obligation in a manner that you're not actually actively transgressing the Torah. Sheb va'altai by saying "sit" and "do not do," "sit" and "do not wear sitzes" is an action of sitting, not an action of doing. Now you're going to ask me a question. What do you mean? Putting sitzes on is an action of doing. Putting on a beggar without sitzes is an action of doing. If we're talking about the beggar in the cupboard, fine. That's, an, that's a Sheval Taisa. But if you're going to wear sitzes, which is what the Talmudim are doing here, they were wearing sitzes, there's an action here. What brach do you make when you put your sitzes on in the morning? So what's going on? And that's the discussion of Taisus in Masechtas Yivomus, with lots of Shagas Arias, and Bishalevis. What is the love of Kilayim? What is the Mitzvah of Sitzes? That's a discussion which starts off in this Gemara. But this is only quoted in Rashi, by the way. This is not a, a, a it's not a, a, the Sugya that we're learning, but I'm just giving you my Mokimani Loch, and you can have a look there. We will come back next Sunday, Be'ezus Hashem, Gizun Tehid, and we will start the Tasters. Remember, we haven't done Tasters, Hadlokis Neshavas, Uchayva, Omitaich, or Sadin. So we've got a bunch of Tasters to do, very interesting Tasters. Each one of them is a, is a Sugya unto itself, and we'll do that next, next Sunday. I wish you all well. Thank you very much for listening.